Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, thank you for listening to or watching the JT and Ludi podcast. Episode 195. JT is mad as hell about the NBA All-Star game, and he's not going to take it anymore. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about where we were. Been gone for a couple of weeks. I was skiing in upstate New York. JT was whale watching in Maui. We're powered by our friends at Bet Online. Now that the Super Bowl's over, you smell that? That is the smell of March madness in the air. We have something else to bet on, thanks to betonline.ag. Head there right now. Get yourself a 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. Just type in Believe, B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V. That's the platform where we podcast the JT and Looney podcast. And you'll get yourself a 50% welcome bonus. Put down $500, get $250. They have all the latest sports odds and information. And, well, we got the NBA playoffs coming up. We have NBA futures. You can bet right now and get some good odds on who might win the NBA finals. You can bet Super Bowl right now, too. Get some great Super Bowl futures, as they call it in the wagering business. Bet online where the game starts. And now the podcast starts, damn it. Welcome to the JT and Looney podcast as I'm yelling across my house for my son to get me a Modelo because we're sponsored by Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo, along with our other uh, friends who support this podcast. Good to see you as you just got back from skiing. And I guess I got back from looking at whales and body surfing in Maui. Great to see you. Now, were you able to see, you say you're looking at whales. You were whale watching. The key to whale watch, the most important part of whale watching is seeing whales. Did you see some? We saw 100 whales. Wow. Over the course of the trip in Kihei, sitting at the beach, in the water, because you always say get in the water, don't look at the water. Right. The water the whole time. Hurt my finger because I body surfed into a coral. Good. rock, which was good. The reason why I'm saying good is it's great to, you know, good. You hurt yourself doing something in life. Good. We were sitting on the beach in beach chairs and cocktails and beverages and looking out into the distance and seeing whales breaching and jumping. It was incredible. I've been to Maui wow. 10 times in my life, uh, four in the last couple of years. Real lucky that I got friends who live on the beach. They don't live above the beach. <laughs> they don't live across the road. Oh, you sent me the video of the steps, and you and you counted. It was like 45, yeah, 45 right? steps to the beach. So if you forget your suntan lotion, you can go, I'll be right back. And you're really, really, literally right back. Or if a, if a wife or a partner says, I got to go to the bathroom, you could say, okay, you'll be right back. So we had one of those experiences right after now, a, que- a question, though, about the whales, because I feel left out just like with Star Wars. There's certain things that I wish, you know, I love to participate in life. Mm-hmm. I would be a problem. I'd, I'd be thrilled if I was a little more excited about Star Wars, but it doesn't. I, I'm not. Same thing about whales. I've gone whale watching. I've sat on the beach in Puerto Vallada on Christmas Day and seen the whales. So we're just like you. I didn't have to pay to go out in a boat. I just sat there and watched them from the beach. And I've been out on wave runners and had them splash right behind me. But and some people just feel this incredible, have this incredible cathartic experience with whales. And I, I didn't. And I was disappointed. What about you? Yeah, it was just the opposite. I got all the whales in that I could get. The the irony of the situation, if that's the right word, is the night we went out on the whale-watching cruise, which is a dinner cruise in Maui, beautiful boat, 
-hmm. just incredible open bar that cooked sushi steak. It's a high end, you know, excursion. And that night that we went out for the sunset, we saw a few in the distance, but not expected the ones to come up to the boat, but just sitting on the beach. Okay. That, by the way, I, the only thing I cared about there is that you used the word irony, right? And you did because you, you pay, you pay a lot of money to go out on a boat and see whales. And you didn't really see any as much as often as you did sitting on the beach. Okay. We saw the sunset, which is important. Remember one of the most important things about Maui and Hawaii, Hawaii is different. Hawaii is like, look, Living in L.A., you live in L.A., I lived in L.A. 10 years. You can go to the beach in Malibu and see an unbelievable sunset. You can right. go to San Diego. San Diego is a good example. Wind and Sea Beach, right, where I live. You can see an amazing sunset. It's just different in Hawaii. The colors are different. The sunset when it sets is different. The leaves, the trees, everything's just like you're wearing these magical sunglasses. So when you're out there and you're waiting for sunset and all of a sudden you see four whales jump, two at the same time. And you're going, oh, my God, it's like seeing something special. That was really good. And it's just nice, man, because the Super Bowl was phenomenal and fun, even though I hated Kansas City winning. Me this too. Is times I had to get off the grid. I did a pretty good job, as you yeah. know. You monitor my tweets on vacation. <laughs> uh, there were, I will get to uh, Twitter later in the broadcast. But overall, I had a good time. And enough about me. How about you going skiing? Oh, it was great. When you hey. went went across the country to go to the cold instead of staying in the rain in Los Angeles where houses are coming off cliffs and it's been for two months you escaped and went to the cold in my old dirt near Geneseo yeah and I had never actually skied when it was 45 or 50 because so so it wasn't as cold as I would like but there was still snow on the ground a good snowpack at Greek Peak in upstate New York Virgil, New York, and had a terrific time. It's where when we were kids in middle school, St. Patrick's Middle School, we would there was a ski club. And every Friday night after school, everyone would hop on the bus. Not everyone, everyone in the ski club would hop on the bus and you go skiing with all your friends and, or make new friends riding on the chairlift. And as you know, there's a lot of great conversations on the chairlift. And I hadn't skied in 25 years. And I went down the bunny slope, which is now called the Alpha Slope. We're using antonyms to describe the bunny slope. And I went down once and said, okay, I'm ready. I was whatever ski level I was at 25 years ago, bam, I was right back after one run and went up. And it was great because having an old mom, we did a lot of old mom things over the years, but with my niece and my brother, uh, not only some great skiing, but some great talks on the chairlift. That's great. And nothing better than, you know, as we talk, the chairlift is where, you have some of the greatest conversations of your life. You ski down very quickly. Yeah. And then you take the short line, hopefully, then you take the ski lift up and you have conversations and you know, you just have a good conversation in the weather. If it's nice, unless it's freezing and you're huddled like this <laughs> inside your coat and your fingers are brittle, the the right. ski taking the lift back could be one of the worst experiences. I don't want to be a ski snob, but when I normally take the lift, I'm in a gondola. Oh, I take nice. to the top. You take your skis off, you put them outside. You're able to unbuckle for a minute and go on the gondola up to the top. When we do that in Vale and Breckenridge, or we get a chance to do that in Aspen. Cause we like to ski out West where I live out West here in Vegas. We just like to go a quick shot to Denver right up the mountain, but I'm happy. I'm happy. You saw family. 
Uh, that's great. My friends are my family. We went with five other couples where the wives got along. Newsflash, I hang out with people that wives get along together. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's important. That's important. That doesn't happen in American society. <laughs> no. I turn on Twitter and wives are fighting at a barbecue and throwing <laughs> sandals at each other. But my uh, wife and my wife's friends got along and I spent a lot of time in the water and uh, w- walking, working out, having fun and doing some cool stuff, drinking cerveza. Uh, eating fish because, hey, breaking news. I, I've kept it up so far. I've given up red meat for Lent. Around wow, the- excellent. Ah, excellent. I mean, not, not that I have an anti-red meat thing, but it's just it's great. You know, food discipline turns me on, as you know. And that's a good thing. And, and so do friends. As you know, we, we friends are really important to both of us, and we both have, could never name our 10 best friends because we, we would be afraid to insult number 11. Uh, but yeah, I flew into Rochester. My friends, Bob and Deb, they uh, started dating in 1984. They haven't gotten married yet. Ooh, I, got a, I, got a, I got a friend or two like that, too. I got yeah. a couple. Single they're still, they're yeah. still to, well, they're, st- they're still together uh, after all these years. And they can uh, each other in court, too, if they wanted to sue each other for comedy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we like and, to sue in America. We sue each other in America. It's incredible. It's so ugly. Ugly part of our culture. And so Bob likes to make steaks. And my plane arrived. And I, we probably didn't sit down till 1130 at night. You know, I love that. I sit down at 1130 at night for a meal in L.A., a steak restaurant. And uh, and so they, they stayed up late for me because the plane was a little bit late. Lightning in Chicago. And we had... Red meat and red wine at 1130 at night, which is only 930 in my head, right? Uh, 830, 830 in my head, Pacific time, and had a terrific time with friends that I've known since seventh grade. Right. I'm so happy because we haven't talked for a while. We uh, Welcome yeah. again to the JT and Looney podcast because we love the podcast. We hope you like it. We hope you share it. We hope you like it and download. You know, I'm doing the YouTube stream now every day. Every day I'm doing the stream on the local radio show at YouTube, JT, the brick YT. And then I'm doing some YouTube streams at night, but this is my bread and butter. When we come back to the JT and Looney podcast and people say, what is the podcast like? I said, it's better than some geeks who get together and do gaming podcasts. And everyone says, turn it off. It's five minutes. They don't know what they're talking about. We're two friends. We're two friends who worked together for 14 years and we get a chance to connect with each other over the podcast. And I was trying to describe the podcast to one of my cousins He's saying, well, you got this going on now in this show. What about that podcast? And I say, well, Looney's one of my best friends, and we don't talk. We talk and text all week. But the time we talk to each other is on the podcast, and we just catch up on life, and we hope the people that watch and listen can do the same thing. They have friends that they catch up with over technology and this Zoom feed and whatever we're doing, and we can keep our friendship alive. That's really what podcasts should be about instead of people trying to fucking educate each other on every podcast. J.J. Reddick had a breakdown the other day with Stephen A. about I don't educating people about basketball, but then he went after Doc and he got more views instead of educating people about Zion Williams in the low block, and it hit me. People, Joe Rogan does a good job educating people. Right, yeah. He can go to the deep state. He can go to vitamins. He can go to workouts and ed- educate you. Most podcasts are about stories and storytelling amongst friends. Dana Carvey uh, does a great podcast with David Spade, Fly on the Wall that I watch. And I, I listen to it because it's two friends 
having a conversation and I enjoy their stories. And two friends who are in, uh, with us as two friends who are interested in everything. You kind of have to have a, a, a savant, uh, a, a savant part of your personality, savantish personality. If you want to get onto a microphone, host a talk show, even if it's about sports, because other things happen and then you have to talk about other things. And that's where some people get in trouble. The great thing about Rogan's podcast is he talks about what he's interested in and he's a savant. He's interested in everything. And uh, so that's what's interesting about his podcast. The big difference is Joe Rogan isn't thinking he's changing the world. The bo the boring podcasts and talk shows for me are the ones where people think they're part of a cause. No, just try talk about things that you think are interesting and that drive you. And then people will feel and hear the passion and try to entertain people and have fun. And that's the that's the talk radio we grew up with, with Howard Stern and Mad Dog and Mike and the Mad Dog and 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 Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and people having fun on the radio. Big Joe, I used to listen to. Right. And, uh, and you had others that you listened to. Tom like us and people who were entertaining on the radio, interested in everything. But they they weren't trying to change the world. Stick to sports, please, will you? Yeah. Now stick to sports. So I'll jump into sports, a topic that's going to be really good for you. When I went to Maui, I didn't want to watch sports because I interviewed 22 athletes on Radio Row, if not more. So it's plug out, get out, and mm -hmm. the NBA All-Star game was on. So I made sure I didn't watch the NBA All-Star game. And when my son picked me up at the airport, and I was looking at social media a little bit, and the NBA All-Star game was the not the the biggest train wreck exhibition maybe ever and that says a lot because they took away the nfl all-star game the pro bowl and they made it about golf and tug of war right, right. golf and tug of war so that's gone hockey i think they turned it into three on three and a skills contest and every shot's a breakaway where the goalie doesn't even crouch over and try to make the save so they destroyed the hockey all-star game but basketball in our lifetime a guy named kobe bryant would pick up LeBron James at the other end of the floor defensively and put a full-court press on him. Yeah. And Michael Jordan would put his hand in the lane to try to steal a basketball. And Patrick Ewing would actually try to block the ball, go look at it on YouTube, block Elijah one shot in the All-Star game. That's gone. So I found out on social media how much it sucked. And then I started diving into it. And here's the really big topics of contention. Now the new part of the All-Star game is they're throwing up Half-court shots. Half-court yes. And they're doing it, and they continue to do it. Dame Lillard hit a couple, and he won the award for the MVP. Uh, Luka Doncic took a three-quarter shot. That's embarrassing. You don't, you don't take a three-quarter shot unless there's half a second left and the quarter's running out. You throw the ball. <laughs> they're, they're doing that in the game now. But, here, but here's the big hook. The MVP award's named after Kobe Bryant, who we just had the four-year anniversary of Kobe's death. They decided in tribute to Kobe to name the MVP of the All-Star Game after him. I think it's one of the best trophies you can get in sports. Every NBA player wants it desperately. Iverson, Durant, Jordan, Steph, Kobe when he was alive. All wanted. They wanted it. They wanted it so bad you could see the sweat come down their face. Now they've taken that award and they marginalized it. They almost threw it out. How dare you put Kobe Bryant's name on a trophy? Adam Silver was so embarrassed at the end. Embarrassed. Go look at it. When he gave the award to Damian Lillard and said to the team that won, well, hey, I, uh, you scored the most points. You win the game. 
And the Western Conference, my son told me at the airport when he picked me up, had the greatest roster in the history of the All-Star game. Ever. Durant, Steph came off the bench. Nikola Jokic, the greatest roster ever put out. And they got blown out. They got blown out. It wasn't even a game with two minutes left where you can play Kobe and play defense. Tom, they destroyed the NBA All-Star game. Well, I always thought it was one of the greatest exhibitions of athleticism ever. I remember the first time seeing it as a kid, and I still think it is. And they don't play as much defense. They're on each other's side. They don't want to hurt each other. They don't want their big superstars hurting each other. We know going all the way back to the 60s or 70s, people didn't try to tackle Joe Namath as hard. They weren't mad at him for making $400,000 when they were making $40,000 because they knew eventually he would be good for the league. And his salary would be good for the league. Yeah. And I don't mind if they don't play much defense. The half court shots a bit much, but it's supposed to be fun. I didn't, I wasn't as bothered by it as everybody else. You're taking it too seriously. It's the all-star game. They were out there having fun. They were likable. Uh, the half court shots were a bit much since the clock wasn't running out with the shot clock or time in the game. I, I think you are uh, overreacting, but that's what makes you a good talk show host. You're oh, angry about an all-star game that you didn't see. I'm going to push back on that. Good point. I didn't watch it. I, I should get it. I should get it. Adam Silver should have gave me a award for right. not watching it. Here's the problem. Uh, and we've, and we've always known that in our life. People have told us not, to, you know, people on the left or the right who tell us not to go see a movie that they haven't seen themselves. Another big problem that you had to mind down and see this. A lot of our audience didn't see it before the game. Andre Gudala who's in charge there of the Players Union, Andre Iguodala, former mm-hmm. champion. Larry Bird, Larry Bird and Julius Irving went into the locker rooms and pleaded to the players to take it seriously. Larry Bird went into a locker room as an ambassador for the NBA and said, hey, guys, can you kind of play? Can you kind of do what I did and what, do what we did? And they, didn't, they refused Larry Bird. Oh, now, now you're giving out the Kobe Bryant Award making it a mockery of it, and you're not listening to Larry Bird and Dr. J in the locker room where they're saying, come on, let's, let's go. Let's act like we're into this. So Adam Silver's pissed. That story's out. It's jumped the shark. It's gone. They don't pretend. The only all-star game that's left is baseball, and the reason why baseball is so difficult is because a closer comes in in the fourth inning, throwing, <laughs> throwing 90 miles an hour, and there's no Tony Gwynn or Ichiro that can slap it the other way. Everybody <laughs> tries to hit a home run, so everybody strikes out, and we go into every all-star game. <laughs> 2-1 in the seventh inning, but I, I digress. I just wish that the hot buttons for me were the score, one team scored 220-plus points, the other team didn't break 200 They gave out the Kobe Bryant Award. Larry Bird was basically laughed at, and Adam Silver was pissed. Adam Silver, go look at it on YouTube, was really triggered. And you know what made the biggest news of the All-Star Game? One thing, the biggest thing, bigger than the slam dunk contest. On the live alternate feed, Charles Barkley mocked San Francisco. He said to Reggie Miller, hey, Reggie, would you rather be here in Indy in the freezing cold or San Francisco where all the homeless people are running around and you can get shot. And that went viral because Chuck went crazy on San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, no, no, it's not like that. It goes, oh, yes, it is. You need a bulletproof vest. And that line by Barkley got more social media following than Dame Lillard and the three-point contest. So 
very bizarre time we're living in, Tom, from social media to the way people view sports. It's very different over the last five to ten years. And I will always be on the, you know, when somebody has to do a three-hour live broadcast, as we had to do night after night after night after night, and used to do it night after night after night, not every punchline you give or every mockery uh, that you make is going to be a home run. That wasn't necessarily a home run by Charles Barkley, but people have complained about uh, about San Francisco being one of America's great cities, being a little bit out of control, as are a lot of our cities. And it's not shame on. This is what I always say about that issue. Okay, the blue states got a lot of homeless issues, and the red states got all the poor people. Okay, it's a push when you want to get the finger pointing now. Let's point the finger where it belongs at all of us. It's our culture. It's our country. Those are our cities and our states and our country. Shame on us for not getting it right and fixing the problems when it comes to people being on the streets. All right. One more thing I wanted to mention on Twitter, which I'm getting a lot of blowback on. I don't regret it. Usually I regret a bad tweet. I regret it. I don't take right. it. Down. I, I don't talk to him. I'm, I'm, I'm no good on Twitter. I tweet out scores and final minutes. If a game's about to be over, I think it's over and another team comes back. Put me in Twitter jail. And you tweet out hot sports opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah I give sports opinions. What else? But, every, but I lean to the right. I'm proud to say I've always been a Republican. I've always been a Republican. You lean to the left. That's part of the podcast. We talk about it. So right. the other day, Tucker Carlson on Twitter went to Russia to interview Vladimir Putin. I've consumed Tucker and his content my entire life when he was on CNN. With the bow tie, right? yeah. The bow tie when he went on Fox. And I've always said this about O'Reilly and Tucker. I, I've always loved their monologues, like I love Lee Hacksaw Hamilton's monologue. Mm-hmm. I, take, I take pride in my 20 minutes of my monologue every day. So anyway, Tucker goes there to interview Putin, who's a gangster criminal murderer and the leader of russia and they're in a war with ukraine don't want to get in the war with ukraine i'm not saying we have to fund it or not that's not for the podcast other people have different opinions on that and i do but tucker goes over there and makes a mockery of himself he goes into a grocery store that has an escalator for carts and the carts lock up and he's fascinated he's acting like a boy and he's smelling the bread and he's talking about how cheap groceries are there even though people in that area of the world make less than two dollars an hour it was one of the worst interviews of all time. He never pushed Vladimir Putin the way Dan Rather has, Tom Brokaw has, Nora O'Donnell has. Any right. real journalist who had the chance to sit down with Vladimir Putin, and he's in the middle of a war. And plenty of times he's not in the middle and of a war. And the same way Tom Snyder or Geraldo pushed Charles Manson. They yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You can go interview Vladimir Putin at the Olympics at the Olympics and have a conversation at the Russian Olympics. And that's one thing, but there's a major war going on and hundreds of thousands of people are dying. So Tucker goes there, mails it in the worst interview ever. No difficult questions, nothing. It was just propaganda for Russia. So then the next night after that, uh, John Stewart comes out the following week. He's back on the daily show. Mm-hmm. And he takes about five minutes of Tucker's interview and he decapitates him. He eviscerates him. So I tweet out, finally got around to watching John Stewart eviscerate Tucker Carlson, five minutes of per- perfect television. You won't believe what I have in my tweets. Oh, I looked. Believe what the people you call made me look. <laughs> calling me a Democrat, saying I voted for Biden and Clinton, whatever they think, which is not true. 
and I'm I lean to the right. You and by are, the way, that doesn't that wouldn't make you a bad person. That's the problem with politics right now, right? It's, it's if I don't agree with you, you're a bad person. And millions upon millions, not hundreds of thousands. I had a couple of hundred responses. Millions of people thought John Stewart's commentary was brilliant. It was brilliant, just right, like it people was. Yeah, don't like Jimmy Kimmel. Don't like Jimmy Kimmel or Colbert. And I don't watch all the time, but sometimes I'll do something funny. So my point is this. John Stewart did five minutes of really funny TV. I commented on it. You would think, you would think that I'm leaving the country. You would think that people want to kick me out of the country because of five minutes of John Stewart, who helped save people, save people that fought on 9-11 to put out fires and have diseases in their lungs and have sat in front of Congress and done great right. things. I don't lean towards John Stewart, but uh, it's like I'm fighting World War III in my Twitter response. Well, you've always, one of the reasons why we could always find common ground when we talked about anything social, political, is because our, our values, we shared Catholic values. Mm-hmm. And so we would want to go with, and so we were constantly many times on the same page as many things because we would be on the same page of avoiding punching down. Yep. You and I both avoid punching down. So we never woke up in the morning ever and said, how can I make my, how can I make life more difficult for immigrants or trans or whatever, or Democrats or Republicans? How can I upset people? No, we want to uplift people. And that's part of our day. And we don't want to ever punch down. And so we were usually on the side and, 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 and Tucker, it just would be, it was so, it's so odd to me because when we were growing up, if some rogue journalist went over and interviewed the leader of the Soviet Union, both liberals and conservatives would want that person to stay there. Yeah. Can I? And it's it's real. It's it's really uh, strange times that we're living in. And the most important thing I always think is when people are discussing politics is all politics is local. And when I was a kid growing up all the way, every other year, Billy Cooten Cooler's father would run for reelection in in. Uh, in I got the, you. In the city council and against Teddy's, so it'd be Billy against Teddy's father. It's all, all of it's local. You know what I mean? And so it'd be, and, and Teddy Sutton's father ran against Billy's father in second grade. And so uh, I, I think we, we always have to remember that if somebody has different belief politically, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It means they have a different belief politically. Would you like me to read some responses? Sure. Oh, would you like to? Sure. <laughs> I always tell you just post and ghost, but you refuse to listen uh, to me. Tom says, very disappointed to hear from you, JT. Jay says, no face Twitter is going to be all in your mentions. Mike, disappointing. I'm sure your listeners are deeply interested in your astute political observations. I know I base my opinions on what people (laughs) like JT says and Joe Biden. Uh, BB says, tell me you're from California without telling me you're from California. Uh, John Baby, wow, JT, very disappointing. It goes on and on. Tony says, too many Modellos. <laughs> um, here's one. Gigi Betts, are you a Dem much? Uh, it keeps going on and on. Oh, uh, JT, you just upset a bunch of number X users. Man, found something I thought was strictly football on your page. I didn't tune in to hear about John Stewart and Tucker Carlson. Uh, JT, I didn't realize so many people who follow or listen to you Love Tucker, the turd, so much. I love that John Stewart is back. Uh, here's another one. You should know better, JT. As MJ said, both Republicans and Democrats buy Nikes. And it goes mm-hmm. on and on. And then there's some really bad ones that are in here. So the moral of this quick story is this. 
It's the consumption of content. If I find John Stewart to be a little, little, little bit funny when he does five minutes on Tucker, I'm going to mention it on the podcast or maybe Twitter. If yeah. I find out that Stephen Colbert does something that I hate, which I normally normally does, I'll put it out on Twitter, but probably not as much as something. But I thought Tucker Carlson crossing the line on not going to Russia and getting the interview, that's a big get. That's a huge get, interviewing right. during a war. But to be such a pussy and so weak in his interview, to sit in that seat that many journalists have and mail it in, during a war and start talking about shopping carts and grocery stores and just miss it completely. I'll go back and watch more Tucker. I like a lot of his politics and commentary, but I had to point that one out. If you're worried about getting poisoned, don't do the interview. <laughs> That's what I would say, right? Don't just don't do it. Uh, it's it, when it take when it comes to the comments, I think a lot of times, which I try to stay out of comments, post and ghost, as I've always told you, um, I, I think you can really, anytime you look at comments, you can tell who enjoyed high school and who didn't because the internet's high school all over again. You get to go into the comments and pick on the people who are doing better than you. And almost high school has brought out something ugly in people. Usually you get through high school, you go on to adulthood and you kind of relinquish at some point that high school baggage you may be carrying if you didn't enjoy your experience. And now the internet brings it all back and brings out a dark side of people, which is unfortunate. We're going to be doing more guests on the podcast. We had Kevin Ioli with boxing. We got a couple other guests coming up here that uh, we're setting up now. If you want a particular guest, if there's something you'd like us to talk about, just hit it up at JT the brick on Twitter at Looney on TV. You follow us on Twitter. We hope you're downloading the podcast. Please push the podcast out if you like it. And if you want new topics, or anything else that you want us to discuss real easy, just put us in the mentions, like, and leave us some comments on the JT and Looney podcast. Stay in your lane. Stick to sports. Thank you for listening to all 29 minutes and 29 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast powered by our friends at Bet Online and Modelo. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.